Welcome to the official Satellite Gaming Podcast. I'm Dylan Duran, one of the directors here at Satellite Gaming. Every week this summer, we've been getting together with kids in the Satellite Gaming community to play games online, and for the first little bit before we jump into some Fortnite with them, we have a short, guided discussion in our Discord server between some of the leaders here at Satellite Gaming. After the discussion, we turn mics back on for everyone in the channel and start playing some games with kids. This first episode of the podcast is our second week doing this, and we'll be publishing them every week. You can join us on our Discord server to listen to the discussion live on Mondays at 6pm. There are links to the Discord and our other social media accounts in the show notes. I hope you enjoy the discussion. So, for those that don't know, my name is Jamie Harris. I am the director at Satellite Gaming. I love hanging out with uh, the students, playing some video games, and I like talking about video games. Before we jump into our topic, I've got a couple announcements. First, I want to announce our summer events. We've already mentioned them a few times this week, but just a reminder, July 23rd and August 30th, actually, uh, they're going to be focused on Smash Bros. and Fortnite. Now, uh, one of our uh, guys chilling here, press left, AKA Dylan. You've been to one of those before. Pretty sweet, right? Not bad for a summer program. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. I think just the right balance of like attendance for what we'd expect from a summer program. Um, the next thing we have is our fall program is, uh, kind of in the works. We don't have all the details for it yet. We just want to keep you guys posted. We are progressing. We are going to have after school programs. We are going to have probably more frequent not as large events, but we're going to keep having our large events. We're excited about those. Our website, as we mentioned before, is in the works. We got a great, great company locally here to Salem, Kaiser area, Lewis Design helping us out with that. So shout out to them. We're also increasing our Instagram activity. Woohoo! We're trying out Whoa. the whole like awkward. Yeah, it's pretty, it's a big step up, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're trying out that awkward uh, like face in your, the camera in your face approach, you know, the Instagram stories, but I kind of like it. Kind of, it's kind of a, a personal way to stay connected with everyone. Next, uh, we're looking to start some sort of regular streaming schedule. I know we do that on Mondays at 6, but we're going to kind of add to that some more dates. Lastly, this is one we're going to talk about a little bit later, but we have an event called Surfest that Lake Point runs here in Kaiser. We're going to partner with them, and uh, we'll tell you more about that in a bit, uh, kind of toward the end. But keep that in mind. It's August 4th. We're looking for some volunteers, and uh, message us if you have more questions. Keep listening. We'll, we'll talk about that as the, uh, as the podcast progresses. So without further ado... I would like to introduce the two gentlemen that are hanging out with me. Uh, I know that both of you have been here before, but not at the same time. Let's go ahead and start with Press Left. Go ahead and tell us who you are, your role at Satellite Gaming, and uh, maybe one awesome fact about you that is not related to Satellite Gaming at all. Uh, hey, yeah, I'm Dylan. I am uh, on the board at Satellite Gaming. And I've been here since the very beginning, helping Jamie with all the stuff satellite gaming does. 
Uh, yeah. random fact is, awesome fact. uh, random, awesome, random fact. awesome fact, which really just, you lobbed a real soft ball for me there <laughs> is that I, um, used to teach pilots. I am not a pilot, but I did have a job where I taught pilots, helicopter pilots. <laughs> yes. And when I introduce you to people, I've told you this before, but I think it's important. Everyone knows I exaggerate this quite a bit. I'm like, Hey, uh, uh, Mr. Dylan, would you uh, please come work for our company and teach people how to fly helicopters? I don't know how to fly helicopters. <laughs> That's okay. You're a good enough teacher. You can figure it out. <laughs> like, it's just that is, to be fair, not that much of an exaggeration. It's really That's basically not. What <laughs> we can't find anyone that happens to know how to fly helicopters and is a good enough teacher to do it. So let's just go with a good teacher. Seems safe. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so Dylan used to fly, used to teach people how to fly helicopters. Pretty awesome. All right, Alex, you are up, sir. All right, hello everybody. My name's Alex. Um, I met Jamie about a year ago at uh, Wynema. I was there with uh, Christ the King Youth Group from Canby, Oregon, mm -hmm. and that's <laughs> that's where we met. And so he told me about satellite gaming, and I said I had to get involved. So just over the past year now. I've uh, been working with Jamie, and I'm on the board as well. Um, I plan to help out a lot more because I just finished up my master's degree, but that's not uh, my fact. My fact is actually more related to video games, and I played a lot of Halo 3 back in the day, and I had a 50 in MLG, Team Slayer, and Team Doubles, and then go. a 40 in every other playlist. So. For the people old enough <laughs> to know what I'm talking about, uh, that's probably the crowning achievement of my life. That is sweet. <laughs> and, and you got that without hacking. And you would run into hackers, right, on Halo? It's nuts. Halo 2 was worse. Halo 3 had uh, host booting is what it was yeah. called. And they did a pretty good job of banning those guys. Yeah, so I you didn't so. see them too much. I remember times in uh, <laughs> Halo 2 where you'd like literally, oh, whoops. Weird noise. I remember times in Halo 2 where you would literally spawn above the map and people would just snipe you right away. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, Halo 2 was bad. Yeah, definitely. All right. So uh, as you hear, as you've heard, uh, we have Dylan and Alex chilling with us today. And we are going to jump into uh, some discussion points. But to, to prime us up, to, before we get to our main topic, I got one more question to ask you, gentlemen. This is really, really important when you're with the gaming community. What games did you manage to squeeze into your precious time this week? Let's start with Alex. Let's go backwards this time. Alex, what video games did you play this week, if any? If you say none... Dude, at least say like some random cheesy Facebook game or something. We gotta be gaming every week, boys. Do people do people still play <laughs> Facebook games? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but like a phone game, I'd believe it. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh. Whew. Yeah, I I didn't. You didn't none. No. Oh, okay. Well, I was in New York last week. That's true. That's true. I guess. I tuned in for. Uh, Okay, yeah, that's true. I played some blackjack on the plane. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if that counts, but... Yeah. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah. Okay, blackjack. Definitely. Blackjack's my game. Well, and then you came over and I showed you a little bit of Project Spark. That was kind of cool. That is true. Because you're a programmer. And I watched, so you, some... I watched you kill some kids in a Fortnite. Yeah, that was... With your, with your bounce pad. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little clutch play there. All right, press left. You, yours and mine are probably going to be somewhat similar, but what about you, brother? Uh, Well, I... I did play a little bit of PUBG with you, but before I, what I've been playing more of, honestly, is Splatoon 2. 
I like that game really? a lot. Yeah, it's real wow. fun. There's a Splatfest coming up where there was like a DLC for Splatoon 2 a couple weeks ago called the Octo Expansion where you got to play as what in in the Splatoon world the enemies are octolings and the good guys are are inklings or squids. And uh, so if you have the Octoling exp- the Octo Expansion you could be an octoling in the multiplayer and they're doing a Splatfest where you're picking sides and if you pick an uh, octoling you get to be an octoling in the multiplayer even if you didn't buy the uh expansion and so i'm trying to uh kill a bunch of octors they don't call them kills in in uh splatoon it's splats so i'm trying to i'm trying to splat a bunch of uh octolings who have not played as an octoling before i love it but it turns out i'm actually doing terrible (laughs) and the mat the matchmaking in splatoon is very poor how so it's it's very bad the um uh if you get in a match where somebody where it groups up four people who are way better than you against you and four other newbies it'll do that first of all it won't try to split it up Uh. but then if you play if you hit play again it won't consider that you just got totally steamrolled by this other team and will keep you with them against them oh no it's, that's where like you wait a little bit and then you try to queue yeah, up so, but then they wait a little bit too no yeah so it's you <laughs> oh. have to hit no i don't want to play another game you leave the lobby and then join the lobby again it's a real pain oh man so i got that's my obnoxious. each splatoon does a thing where each weapon that you play in the multiplayer uh has a freshness rating and i had mine maxed out okay. on the weapon i use online and now it's down to almost <laughs> Almost the beginner status. Oh, man. I got really wrecked. All right. All right. Well, I, I think I need to get on that Splatoon train eventually. I have a Switch now, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. So I want to talk about the other game you mentioned just for a quick second, just because I'm actually getting into it. It's pretty fun. I've almost played it on my own, which when I play a game with no one, like when I decide, like, I'm going to play a game by myself, that means I really like it. And there's... Pretty much, there are two games right now that I'm playing by myself. I don't count Fortnite because that's just a given that I play that by myself. I love that game. I've been playing I Am Setsuna, which is a RPG on the Switch. Uh, very relatable to Chrono Trigger. It's an awesome game. I love the soundtrack. One, one instrument. It's piano. And I love it. The other game is PUBG. And I know everyone knows what PUBG is. But I was turned off to PUBG through trying it on console. And just because I was so dedicated to Fortnite, but I actually, I played it with, uh, press left and his buddy and they both are, you know, are pretty familiar with the game. So to be able to get in there on this new map, it only takes 20 minutes, you know, it's a smaller map. I felt like that was a pretty good way to attract more people to the game. So I'm enjoying PUBG right now. I don't know. How, how do you think I did? <laughs> uh, I was talking to Bobby about it after you left. We did a thing and it's called an escape room on Saturday and we were talking about it. Okay. And uh, he, we were like, well, you definitely got a whole lot better over that play period just because we were able to play right. a lot more matches and we were able to jump into a lot more, um, like we call it hot or spicy, like just spicy zones where there's, yeah. there's like more people in the area. So you die quicker or you um, win quicker. So. Yeah, dude. It's, you're either like in it or you're not. That's it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's a good way to learn. So we thought you did pretty good. 
I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I, I mean, it's definitely a big learning curve, and I've got a lot of room to grow. But I think I think I will soon be at the point where I'm ready to play that solo. It's a pretty fun game. So I'll probably get wrecked, but it'll be fun. All that said, this is somewhat of a good transition. Oh, pardon me. This is somewhat of a good transition for our main topic today, and that is what makes a good eSport. The reason I think it's a kind of a good segue is because I think that people are more interested in watching uh, Fortnite than they are in watching PUBG. And I don't know that that's true. It seems like it is, but I think that's a great example because I think PUBG is a great game. I think Fortnite is a great game. I think Call of Duty is a great game. I think Halo is a great game. But there is something that some of these games are doing that is just... It's just spectator friendly. What is it? Is it, is it that it's competitive? What is it? So so shotgun it. Let's hear from uh, either one of you, whichever one you wants to go first. You don't know, flip a coin, whatever. But what do you think makes a good esport? And uh, press left. You still there, brother? Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's just start with you, man. I guess I'm gonna. I know I said you can pick, but <laughs> it's I'm just better this way. It. Sure. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, uh, shotgun it. What you got? I, one thing you mentioned is uh, I think that there's some different aspects of it. So I prefer. I've been watching um, when I work from home. I've been I've been turning on Mixer and watching the Hype Zone, which oh, is I love it. the Hype Zone is sort of like the the uh, b- battle royale game. Actually, and they have it for Rainbow Six too, which is kind of cool. So it's like oh, a cool. shooter game v- version of uh, the red zone on ESPN. And if you don't know what that is, and I, I basically, <laughs> I won't explain the red zone, the hype zone. It, it's, it's showing whoever, all of all the people streaming that game on mixer, which is a Twitch competitor. Uh, it shows a player who's one of the closest players to winning the game, which means that there's guaranteed action. Uh, and yeah. so I prefer when watching the hype zone to watch PUBG. But I agree that if I was to watch an entire game, I would much rather watch Fortnite just because it's shorter and uh, has kind of an easier to follow pace. Um, yeah. PUBG is overall very slow and has long gaps of doing nothing, um, which is just hard to watch. I think I agree. The hype zone for PUBG would be sick. I, I, I could get into that for sure. Even more as a Fortnite player than PUBG, I think I'd still enjoy that. At That's the, cool. Like in the end, Fortnite players professionally are harder to follow, I think, because the building gets pretty wild and people just start throwing up walls really fast and it is hard to follow. Yeah. So PUBG doesn't have that complication. So the hype zone, I prefer PUBG. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. What about what about you? Uh, I, I know we didn't give you all. This is kind of good, right? Because Dylan and I have been thinking about this for a week. But Alex, we're throwing this at you right now, brother. Off the top of your head, as someone who has, who has played games that have a competitive scene, as someone who enjoys video games, you enjoy the, the community of video games, the culture of video games, and video games themselves, off the top of your head, what, what do you think makes a good eSport? I would say balance. Um, that's the biggest thing for me. And that's why... I, I loved Halo is because everyone started with the same gun and everyone had an equal opportunity to get the guns that were stronger or to uh, move to the positions on the map that were advantageous. And I think right. that a lot of games are inherently unbalanced and League of Legends is running into this problem right now where 
like 80 carries aren't even a role anymore, <laughs> you know, because they, right. they nerf something that was a little too much of a nerf and then the, you can't crit anymore and then it's over, you know? And so I think that, um, everything that Halo had back in the day was just starting from a platform that was an even playing field. And I really think that that helped because then you didn't have those moments where you're like, Oh man, I shouldn't have died there. It was like, okay, well, you just got outshot or you weren't in a good position or they had better teamwork. It wasn't like, oh, like this person's naturally better than you and had an, uh, an unfair advantage from the get-go. So yeah. a- aside from being competitive, because I think an eSport has to be competitive, that's just kind of a given, I think that to make yeah. a good eSport, uh, balance is key. Um, and that's not to say that League is bad. I think they do a good job of balancing it, but you can run into issues if... Uh, you do things that you don't really calculate, I guess, but it's really hard to calculate those things. So, Yeah, I, I'd agree with that for sure. And a lot of what you're talking about is from the, the player perspective, uh-huh. which I think is important. And then press left. You, I mean, you obviously are a gamer as well, but some of the things you address was more from a, uh, a spectator yeah. perspective. And when I think about what makes a good eSport I'm definitely thinking what's good for the for the player, what's good for the spectator, and honestly, I, I think this one's big too. What's what's good for the organization or for the business that is managing that, mm-hmm. right? Like if you have an organization that is somehow not making any money doing this, well, then how are they going to progress? So you're looking kind of for uh, three different true, yeah, three different groups of people to please: the organization itself, the spectator, and the player. So the 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 direction I want to go, I want to start with what Press Left was talking about, and then we'll jump to what you were talking about there, Stapleman. Um, Stapleman is Alex, by the way. Press Left is Dylan. I'm jumping back and forth. Just it's fun <laughs> that I like it. <laughs> but I I think about being spectator friendly, a video game being spectator friendly, and there are two games that come to mind. And Press Left, you and I have talked about this before, but I, I think two games that are absolutely spectator friendly that make great esports and competitive games uh is one is smash brothers and two rocket league i think the reason i like those from a spectator friendly perspective smash bros is super simple to explain to like we deal with parents a lot super simple to explain explain what's going on here well the goal is to knock your opponent off of the screen off of the arena it's like sumo wrestling concept (laughs) in that way as as you you know, as you get attacked, your percentage goes up, the percentage of your character. The higher percentage, the farther you go. And then they just watch them beat each other up. And they're like, oh, it's sumo wrestling. And then with with uh, Rocket League, it's soccer with cars, right? It's, it's so easy to understand. It's not like Fortnite where you have all this building, all this crazy stuff, and there's this b- big balloon in the air. That's a drop and all these colored weapons. And these, they're shooting people. I don't even know what's going on. It's, it's very simple. You hit the ball into the net much like soccer. And Presslef, you've talked a lot about a game being spectator-friendly. What's something else about Smash Bros you think that makes it such a spectator-friendly game? And why is it important for an eSport to be so spectator-friendly? Well, uh, Smash Bros has a unique advantage in that um, a large portion, definitely not all, a large portion of the characters in Smash Bros are recognizable to even yeah, the most like distanced yeah. video, you know. Um, people, almost everyone in the world can probably recognize Mario, even if they've never played a Mario game, they know who he is and, and why he's there. Pac-Man's kind of in a similar position, Pikachu as well. 
Uh, someone told me, and who knows if it's true or not, but someone told me that Mario and Pikachu are both more globally recognizable than Mickey Mouse is. Um, wow, which, that's crazy. Which sounds crazy, except for then you realize Mickey Mouse hasn't really been in like you know popular cartoons for a couple decades. Yeah, um, in this generation, certainly. Yeah, so uh, I, I kind of believe it. Uh, so, you know, it, it's pretty easy for most people to recognize those. And then as you get closer, you know, younger and, and closer to gaming culture, uh, you know, the other characters that are recognizable are like Ryu from Street Fighter or uh, uh, Link or Samus or Donkey Kong. So a lot of really easy to see characters. And so people, even if they're like, I don't really understand the percentage thing, they get that like Mario's punching Donkey Kong and whoever flies off the map is the loser. Right. Right. So, uh, I think that makes it a uniquely, um, spectator friendly game. Cause you can go, Oh, it's, you know, it's popular characters. It's fighting. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like that. I like that. I think that's, uh, that's something that I wasn't thinking about too. The percentage. I mean, that's great for players, for, for somebody that's more getting into it, but even beyond the game mechanics themselves, just the, the visuals and the, the relatable content is that, that, that's, that's definitely worth something from a spectator perspective. And the fact that, um, uh, like shooters are, are, this is difficult for shooters to get around is, um, you know, most sports that you watch on TV, uh, you know, so traditional sports on a field or in a court um, are typically viewable from one angle and you can see all of the action all at once. And shooters can't do that effectively. Uh, so right. instead you have what, what it amounts to a cameraman in a spectator mode switching between whoever's got the most important view at the time. And, and it can be very hard to, to handle the similar problem with uh, with um with MOBAs uh, as well, and uh, Smash doesn't have this problem. Everything always happens on one screen all at the same time, and it very occasionally zooms in for like two seconds if somebody's doing like a final smash or something like that. But uh, that aside, you're always seeing everyone, and that makes yeah. it easier to spectate for sure. I like that. That's a really good point. So from a spectator perspective, uh, Stapleman, do you have anything else to contribute on that? No, I think that was a really good point. Um, I hadn't thought about how, to someone who's not used to watching MOBAs or shooters, just all the jumping around, that would be really difficult. Um, so I think there's kind of a, a higher barrier of entry there than a classic platformer or something along the lines of, like you guys were stating, Super Smash Bros or Tekken or any just side-scrolling fighter. <clears throat> so... Yeah, that, it's pretty interesting to think that some games just naturally have an advantage when it comes to streaming. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. So I, I want to transition now to the next Wait, little sub-point. Real quick, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. We, yeah, let's hear we, it. Before we talk about – I don't know what we're moving on to next, but before we leave the eSports and spectating type stuff is uh, – because I've been on a real big kick uh, about this for a while is um, – is it's, I've been asking a new question now. Is speed running okay. – an esport is speed running an esport and well actually i like that you asked that because it does have to do with my i have another sub point under what makes a good esport and i'm gonna go ahead and say this and then i'll let you take over is that cool yeah, yeah, this is it. exactly what i want to talk about there's there's a difference and this is this will go exactly what i wanted to talk about uh there there are two things in in gaming that i think make a good esport two from a from a player perspective and a spectator perspective that that's the difference between micro mechanics and macro mechanics 
there's a lot of talk about that on the internet. There's a lot of description of what they are. Those of you that are gamers, you might know what they are. You you do them, you just don't realize they are. But real quick, micro mechanics are how you execute the decisions you make, like how well you land your shots, how well you farm your minions, how well you execute your jumps on platforms, like in speedrunning, like a lot of games, like how well you're executing the micro mechanics, right? Macro mechanics are what decisions are you making? What what big plays are you making? What what are you doing that affects the entirety of the map? And and it's it's really your decision making is your macro, your execution is your micro. That being said, this is a perfect segue into speedrunning because speedrunning, why I think the answer to your question, press left, is yes. I think that speedrunning is is a process. The the macro happens when the player's not actually playing the game, right? The macro happens if they're a good speedrunner, they're doing all the research on what decisions they're going to make before they actually play the game. When they pick up the controller, there's not a lot of, I mean, there could be like, they could be like, they could mess something up and then they have to make a decision, right? But speedrunning, when you're watching it as a spectator, it's like 100% micro mechanics. They already know what they're going to do. They already know what the perfect speedrun looks like. They've already timed it. They've already practiced each individual section. But yes, I think that, uh, speedrunning is an esport. I think that it's a great esport because I think micro mechanics is what people like to watch. I think that's why people like watching the end of a PUBG game, but not all the other crap because <laughs> all the other stuff is the decision making. But the micro mechanics, what's happening at the very end when there's not many decisions that need to be made, it's pretty much outplay your enemy. I think that is what makes a great esport. And go ahead and take it away, press left on. Uh, you probably know where I'm going with this. Is that a speed run is it's all micro once you get behind the controller. But I want to hear your answer to that because I think you've obviously asked it kind of with some uh, some ideas in mind. Um, you know, honestly, not really. Uh, <laughs> no, I you just, just like I the question. I, yeah. yeah, I really like the question because speed running is really fun. Because and the reason here's why I asked it honestly is that uh, all the other games that you mentioned are. Um, are simultaneous multiplayer games and speedrunning isn't it can be uh in in some events they do races um but largely it's it's a single player uh game when you're playing and then it's only a multiplayer game when you share your stats on the leaderboard or like you submit a new a new run to go on the official leaderboard for that games community uh, or when you're collaborating in the macro when you're collaborating with the community so i've got this on my discord here i've got this ocarina of, of time speed running uh discord server that i jump in and i'm i'm like asking them like oh what are some new moves i can try I'm, I'm going through and i'm seeing what other glitches people have found and that's like the macro that is collaborative and is multiplayer at that point but then when you go to do the the micro it's it's single player and that is, is yeah. pretty unique and but I, I still think yes it's a uh it's an esport i just can't think of any um traditional sports that are all are similar at all because it's just uh, a unique thing i actually was thinking about that as you were talking about it i think like things like shot put and javelin throw and discus like 
people talk about all the time, like, oh man, how do, how do you throw this better? Or when I'm throwing the shot put, like, oh yeah, you need to spin a little more when you do it. Okay. Okay. No, you need to put your arm under it. You need to adjust your elbows positioning, you know, and then you throw it and you go for these PRs, right? You may not beat the biggest, largest dude there, but if you break your PR, the biggest, largest dude is so stoked, you you know? (laughs) And so is the littlest guy there because they're helping you progress by talking about the macro. And, and there's almost this, this like excitement that happens when you outplay the guy that just taught you. Right. So I think of stuff like that, uh, where you're setting personal records, and I, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. What, Alex? Do you have any commentary on that? <laughs> you guys are doing a good job of covering everything, man. Um, I yeah. couldn't think of anything that was like uh, more analogous to it than shot put or discus or javelin or whatever, because it is a an individual sport. There's when you're speed running, it's you as opposed to most of the other games we've been discussing, aside from maybe Smash Bros, is um, is like a team sport. But even Smash Bros, is it's a head-to-head, and you're not competing in the same way when you're playing Smash Bros as you are when you're doing a speed run. And that's kind of the same way. Yeah. It's like fencing versus discus, right? They're both individual sports, but one of them you're facing another human, the other one you're kind of against the world. I don't know. <laughs> against gravity. <Yeah. laughs> so I actually, I think there's a, there's a great, uh, there's a great observation to make about this too, in that speed running, there's kind of not really an on season or an off season, right? I mean, if you're speed running, yeah. you can, pick it up and do it at any point. I'd almost think that it's a great, if somebody's interested in esports or competitive, competitive gaming, that's one you can just pick up with any game you like and just do it. I, I think, I think that's a very, that's, that's probably one that's not talked about enough as an esport. I'm sure there are circles that do talk about it. Like this discord you're talking about. What do you think most people that are in that scene would say press left? I mean, they'd obviously through bias defend that it is an esport, but what, what are their cases for you think? Yeah, I, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not as into the speedrunning community as I'd like to be. Um, okay. I, I watch uh, like ga- events like GDQ whenever they're on, um, oh. but I am not super into it all the time. Uh, I've just recently kind of actually dabbled with like communicating with the with the communities and um, sweet. I, I I just taken a stab at it. I would guess because I've read some articles and stuff. I would guess that they, they would have mixed responses and that they would some of them would say it is an esport and some of them would say no, it's not. But probably for the same reasons, I think yeah. they would say stuff like, well, you know, it's 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 more of a community effort, which doesn't make it an esport because they're all both co-op. They're, like they're at the same time cooperating with each other and sure, competing sure. with mm-hmm. each other. And like you said, in, in javelin or shot put or you know long jump or something, um, you can be collaborative and competitive at the same time. Um, but for most traditional sports uh, or even other esports, it's it's largely just competitive. And so yeah. I think you'd get mixed responses for that reason. Yeah, I, I think so. That's cool. I really like that. I, I like that you brought up that question. Uh, also, because we've been talking about including speedrunning a little more into what satellite gaming does as an organization, just because I, th- I think it's such a, such an awesome way to, I guess, bring that competitive aspect, but also this like kind of self-development aspect. It's like, you want to get better at something, communicate with people, collaborate with people. Don't try and figure it out on your own, get together with people, talk about it and uh, better execute and challenge yourself. Don't just look at what other people are doing. Look at yourself. So I even like that there's some, some solid life lessons in it. I think that's great. 
yeah i'm cool. really just jazzed for uh, satellite gaming to get doing it more um more consistently yeah I, i'd love to see some kids get into it and uh, i'd like to get into it more with them so uh bring it That'd on be sweet yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So th this last one here, this is uh, this is important to me. I think it's important in every sport. I think this is important um, because it's it it exhilarates. Uh, it's exhilarating for both the player, the spectator, and for the organization from all avenues. Whether it, if a game has outplay potential, I think that is just a very key thing to uh -huh. acknowledge. And this this is the last thing that I really want to say about what makes a good esport. I could go on for hours, but. I think this is so important. Does a game have outplay potential? What I mean by that is if you're behind, what, is it, what does it take for the opposing player to defeat you? What does it take for them to beat you? We see this in basketball when people are landing like a, a three at the buzzer. We see it in football when people land a last minute field goal. We see it in, uh, I mean, I mean in, in, in soccer and hockey, I mean, you score one goal, the game changes, right? I mean, outplay potential is huge it's just huge and and staple man to what you were saying earlier you're talking about different mechanics in a gameplay i think what what i liked more about halo than call of duty was the outplay yeah. potential from a from a micro mechanical perspective right call of duty was good decision making was highly rewarded halo if a guy jumped you and he got the jump on you you have shields you have different weapons you can switch to you have crouching you have jumping there are a lot of micro mechanical grenades uh, decisions that you can make yeah grenades all these micro mechanical decisions you can make to outplay your opponent and i, I think outplay potential is is massive and as as a league player tell us a little bit about what that looks like in league of legends um real quick though to just back up a little bit i think that i agree greatly yeah. with your uh um, outplay potential being a key part of it. And I also would like to add about Halo, I think that the balance enhances outplay potential because if the person jumping okay. you has a natural advantage, it's going to be much harder for you to outplay them. Or if you have an right. advantage on them and they'd still jump you, the outplay, it won't be as rewarding because it's like, oh, well, that was that was easier than it could have been, you know? Um, and when it comes to league, the outplay potential is crazy. I mean, if you if it's you watch insane. me play in silver gold, and then you watch some of the mechanics that uh, I don't know Faker or some of the really highly ranked, highly skilled players are doing, like just how they have those macro mechanics just down. I think that's really what allows you to outplay people and allows you to have um, these crazy plays where it's like that should not have happened. Like you're just so significantly yeah. better than that person that that should not have happened. Um, right. You have these natural advantages, but this guy is so yeah, good exactly. able to outplay you. Yeah, that is sweet. Well, I I feel really good about how we address this conversation. What makes a good esport? I definitely want to hear what, uh, what other people have to say. I want to hear your guys' thoughts. So make sure you guys are hitting us up on Instagram throughout the week. Hit us up on their Discord channel. Send us a message on Twitch. Whatever you got to do to input your opinion. If you have thoughts on this, let us know. And uh, I think I'm going to wrap up that discussion. And I think we're going to get ready to close here. I do have one more thing I want to talk about. But before I move on, is there anything else that you guys want to say about this? Press left or staple man? No, I'm good. No, yeah, no? we I, I, esports are cool. <laughs> that's esports, a that's a good way to close that. Are I like cool. that. That's a good way to close that. So I mentioned something earlier, and 
I want to I want to emphasize this real quick. Satellite gaming is so much more than just esports, right? We we focus on esports. We focus on community. Um, those of us that are on the board that that are passionate about the vision of satellite gaming, the mission of satellite gaming, um, we're very passionate about our faith, and we hope for opportunities to share that with mm -hmm. people. But beyond that. We, we really just want to communicate that we, we want you to be involved with us in the community. We want you to hang out. We want you to invest in the community that's around you. That being said, we've got an opportunity for anybody that's a part of satellite gaming or really anybody in Kaiser Salem to to help us out on August 4th. There's an event going on that Lake Point Community Church is hosting in partnership with a school here in town called Claggett Creek. It's it's an event called Serve Fest. Servefest is a sweet way that uh, basically the church just says, hey, we're just going to serve the community. We're going to give away free haircuts, free school supplies, free clothing, tons and tons of clothing, family photos, pet vaccinations, you name it. And this year, Satellite Gaming is going to have something for the youth to do while the parents are walking around getting clothes and such. We're going to just offer just free gaming. You just show up and you just play some video games. We're also going to raffle off a party. So let's say your birthday's coming up, your family gets a raffle ticket, they win this party. We're going to bring our gear to your house or we're going to have it, you know, take our gear wherever your party is and we're going to set up like a 16 player Halo match for you. We're going to bring a few Xboxes and host Fortnite games for you or bring over Smash Bros, host a little Smash Bros tournament for you. But the bottom line is we just want to see you guys at Surfest. We want to see you serving your community. So if, if you're a student or a parent or a community member and you want to help out with that, please reach out to myself or press left and uh, we'll, we'll make sure you get all the details you need for that. Um, press left, you've been to Surfest before. It's pretty sweet, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's my favorite thing that Lake Point does in the community. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. I totally agree. Totally agree. I think it's a great way to just really live out what 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 we say what we are saying we're so passionate about, and that's just loving people. I yeah, think that's sweet. awesome. Yeah. So thanks for listening to that, guys. I've got one last thing to tell you, and this is preparing you for next week's topic, which I am super super excited about. Next week we're going to be talking about artwork. Here are the three questions we're going to be asking in partnership with that. What kinds of graphics do you prefer in a video game? Because we know that uh, myself and Press Left really, really like our own opinions. So we want to make sure we express <laughs> those. <laughs> uh, next is what kind of graphics work and don't work in a game? And how important are graphics when it comes to video games? Now, I could ramble about that right now, but I want to leave that in the air. As we head off into uh, playing some video games, we can talk about it. But I want to leave you guys with those three questions. I want you guys to hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on Facebook, hit us up wherever you want. Shoot us a message on Discord. I want us to be talking about artwork this week. Show up next week and hear what myself, Press Left, and whoever else shows up on the Satellite Volunteer team decides to say. All that said, I want to say thanks to Press Left and Stapleman for hanging out. You guys are Thank awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, is there anything else you gentlemen would like to say before we say goodbye to our friends here on Discord and Twitch? Uh, well, I want to point out real quick, uh, links will be, and we don't have to, I can cut off the audio on this, but the uh, links will be in the description of the podcast for our uh, our Instagram account, our Discord server, that kind of stuff. Um but uh, that's usually in almost all places. It's satellite underscore gaming. Uh, of course, Discord's yeah. got a special little link that we have to provide. But uh, hit us up in whatever channels that you have available. And, and if you can't find something else you want access to, we'll send you the info. Definitely, definitely. All righty.
Well, thanks a lot, guys. And as we mentioned, we're getting new to this whole social media thing, just trying to have a presence there. So reach out to us, as Press Left said, with any other information you want. And with that said, we love you all. You're awesome. Let's go play some video Let's games. Do it.